Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Well, hello, listeners. Today is July 1st, 2015. We're going to have a very informative show for you today. Um, Our special guest is Jill, and um, her last name is Weisenberger. She has a little bit of a cold, but we will, we still will do very, very well for all of you. Um, We're going to be talking today about the Overworked Person's Guide to Better Nutrition that Jill wrote. And in addition to that, I know a lot of us, um, we tend to skip meals during the day. We're running late for work or You know, we end up eating something that we shouldn't at our desks. If you're a parent, you know, you're rushing around with your children and you're really, really tired when you get home at the end of the day and preparing a meal sometimes can just be one more thing that that, um, can kind of stress you out. So um, we're going to cover some just some excellent tips Um, basically she's put together 50 easy-to-implement strategies for better health. And I think that this is going to be invaluable to all of you listeners. Um, I encourage you to stay tuned in. And um, if if for some reason you can't, um, the interview will go into podcast, into iTunes, so that you can listen to it at your leisure or you can listen to it again here at our station. So... um, a little background on Jill. She um, is a. Um, she has her MS. She's also a uh, registered dietitian nutritionist. She's a certified um, diabetes educator, and um, the author of several books. But again, we're going to be talking today about the Overworked Person's Guide to Better Nutrition. Um, there are simple steps that you can take to eat well, to reduce your stress, and improve your health. So let me bring Jill onto our show now. Hello, Jill. Thanks so much for for um, coming today. I know that um, when you have a cold, you don't feel the best. <laughs> I'm still very happy to be here, so thank you for having me tonight. Great. I always start my show out by asking my guest, how did you get the, on the path that you're on today? Oh, golly. Um, you know, I consider myself an accidental dietitian because it is not where I started off. I actually have my first degree in communications, and right about the time I was a senior, so I only had one year of college left, 
to graduate, I made friends with somebody who was studying nutrition. I'd never thought of that as a possibility, and I was so fascinated by it. But what do you do when you are a communications major, you don't have any science, you don't have the chemistry, the biology, the statistics, none of that. So I just continued on and got my communications degree. And in the back of my mind, I always, you know, thought, well, maybe I'll do that someday. Maybe I'll do that someday. And three years after I graduated, I was on the campus of the University of Florida where I got my first degree. So I was back there on the campus walking around, and it just struck me out of nowhere. And I walked right into the registrations office and applied to graduate school. And I came home and told my husband of six weeks what I had done. (laughs) What a great story. And it was a very smart decision. And now I use both my degrees, my master's in nutrition and my communications degrees. I use them both every day. And it's been a perfect marriage of the two fields. And um, everything is good. Oh, my gosh. I just love that story. <laughs> Masters in nutrition. That had to be really, really interesting. It was. Um, and I often wish I was back in graduate school because how nice it is <laughs> to have smart people around you teaching you what you really need to know and handing you the important papers to read. But, you know, when you're out in your field, and, you know, working to keep up in your field, it's really on you. So, you mm-hmm, know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm continuously reading journal articles and going to conferences and, uh, you know, attending webinars, but there's nothing like being in graduate school where smart people just hand it to you and tell you what to read. So I do miss it. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you could always go get another one. <laughs> I thought about it, but No. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about your new book, which is the Overworked Person's Guide to Better Nutrition. Mm-hmm. What ins- what ins- what inspired you to write to write it? That is so easy to answer. That is because it seems to me the number one obstacle my patients and my clients is I don't have time. And mm. after years, you know, I've been working with the public now, you know, the consumer for 24 or so years, I think. And, wow. um in, in doing that, I've heard that same obstacle over and over and over. And then you learn from the people you're working with. You learn from your own patients and clients what works for them and what struggles they have. And that's really mm-hmm. what I wanted to do with this book, was make nutrition approachable, make good, healthy eating and good, healthy living very approachable no matter how much time you have. And One of the basic premises of the book is that you don't have to follow some strict diet to improve your health. You can make small tweaks. You pick the things that are really important to you and make those small tweaks. And if you are consistent with them, you get a really big impact from small things. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I I just loved loved reading your book and – you know, because it is a guide, I think everybody should have a copy of it. Um, Thank you. There, there, there's truly something in here for everyone. And um, 
you know, we um, I think that simple steps are the best best way to go because mm-hmm. if when someone decides that they they need to change their diet and get better nutrition, um, a lot of times it's motivated because they're overweight or there's a health issue, right? And and you know if you if you have the the overweight issue and the health or the health issue anything that you add is very stressful changing right diet is one of the most stressful things in my opinion that that you that you can do um because when you start eliminating certain food groups it's it's overwhelming and if you're used right. to eating prepared foods um, that, you know, like, you know, frozen foods or packaged foods, it's really, really hard to know what right. to do and how to do it. Right. What would you so tell our listeners? For, well, for somebody who is eating a lot of prepared or packaged foods, you know, I mm-hmm. would say, well, start with picking healthier versions of what you're now eating and then also add something to it that you're missing out of the day. And for most everybody I know, that's fruits and vegetables. So mm-hmm. even if you're going to have um, a frozen meal, pick, so pick a healthier version of a frozen meal and then add a bag salad, add a piece of fresh fruit, add a frozen vegetable. Even if there's a little, you know, string bean or broccoli in your frozen meal, it's not going to be enough. So add another cup from a bag of frozen vegetables, something like that. So, you know, and if you are consistent with these things, then they do have an impact. And when you're ready, you make another change and another change and another change. It's not a race. You know, slow and right. steady wins the race. And when it comes to weight loss, it's not who loses the most weight. It's who keeps it off and who keeps it <laughs> off in a healthy way. Yeah. So, um, you know, I always say yeah. slow and steady wins the race. And mm-hmm. everybody, I, I feel like everybody should create their own own diets instead of following some strict plan that they got from mm-hmm. the internet or a book or mm-hmm. another friend or something like that because everybody's life is different so we all should have different diets there's no reason to think that we should all be eating the same things that's true I mean it, it's the same that um, everyone's body chemistry is different too that's right we have different lives we have different we're all, we're all unique we're all yes. unique in our chemistry what works for one person may not necessarily work for another. Right. I I liked um your um your strategy number 24 where you talk about planning for emergencies with emergency foods. Mm-hmm. I love this chapter. Why don't you talk oh, to you. us about that? Sure. Well, that goes to having a backup plan. And um so a lot of people aren't very good planners when it comes to nutrition and food. Mm-hmm. And that's something that they can work on. But in addition to having your plan, I think that you should have a backup plan. So what happens if you pack your lunch and you leave it at home? Or worse, you leave it on the top of your car and drive off? Or you're stuck in traffic? You know, or you get home late from work? So sometimes even the best plans don't work out. So it's good mm-hmm. to have a backup plan. So what are some things that you can can keep on hand? Well, I think that's a good idea to keep things on hand that are going to be small snacks. So that might be individual one-ounce bags of nuts or maybe some dried fruit. 
If you have a refrigerator in your office, you can keep low-fat yogurt or cottage cheese. I always have a can of V8 because that is something that will fill me up very quickly. If I'm working Mm -hmm. in between patients, I can drink that very quickly, and it's nutritious and filling. So I like the idea of having small snacks, but I also like the idea of having something bigger. And so that might be maybe packages of of tuna. So you can buy tuna and salmon in a pouch and maybe uh-huh. even have that in your office or uh, and have that with some whole grain crackers that you keep in your office. So I, I just think it's a good idea to think about what works for you Maybe make Mm -hmm. a list, write it down, Mm -hmm. and then get to the store and put something in your office, something in your gym bag or your purse or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. And then also have things at home in mind. So if you get home really, really late and the dinner that you plan to cook is not going to happen, what do you have in your freezer or your pantry that you can put together a meal very quickly? And I have that in the book as well. That's in the first part of the book, some ideas for that. Um, And, again, it might have something to do with cans of tuna or salmon, but also canned beans and shrimp in the freezer that defrost so quickly. You can defrost that in just a few minutes under running water. And sometimes I do that while I'm going through the mail. And then it cooks up in just a few minutes too. So, you know, think about what are the things that you can keep on hand regardless of where you are. So that's the first Mm -hmm. step. And the second step is to actually buy it. And then the third step (laughs) is to remember that it's there instead of reaching for fast food or vending machine or something like that or going hungry, which is silly. (laughs) Silly and painful. Yeah, I think organization is also really important along with all of that. Because like you Mm -hmm. said, you have to remember that you you have it and you have to know where it is. Right. And I have the same types of recommendations for fast food and takeout. So today, think about what are the best choices at the fast food restaurants or the takeout restaurants that you go to and write down what are those choices. So when you get to the takeout menu, you don't have to look at the full menu and make a decision on the fly. You open up your own index card or maybe you have a list in your smartphone. You open it up, you have your own mini menu from which to choose. So you've already picked, let's say you're at Panera Bread or you're at McDonald's. You've already picked two Mm -hmm. or three or four or five items that you know are good choices. And then you order from that, your your own mini menu. That's 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 a great idea because you also know the calories too. Right. I have a lot of patients who use this, and it works out really well for them. Because, you know, when we have to make decisions, it's tiresome. But mm-hmm. when you already know what your choices are and your your choices are limited, it's it doesn't take as much mental energy. And you don't have to fight with yourself. Oh, should I just this once get that high-calorie, high-fat, high-sodium item? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you don't have to have that conversation if you already have a list planned. Yeah. You know, when when we talk about food cravings, et cetera, um, I personally have found that when I crave sweets, 
I'm my body's really asking for proteins. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I you know, think it's it a good to... idea. So I, I think it's a good idea when we're thinking about well, what should we eat? To think about what mm-hmm. have you already had enough of today? So mm-hmm. if I'm hungry regardless of what I'm craving for an afternoon snack, I'm going to stop and think, well, did I get enough of all these different food groups today? And then ideally, if I haven't had enough dairy, I'll reach for low-fat cheese or or some yogurt. If I haven't had enough fruit, I'll slice up a peach or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you get the, the vegetables, the fruits, and the proteins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What's your view on... on um, some of the ways that we can control impulse eating? Well, I think by having those lists is is a good start. Um, mm-hmm. And impulse eating for me is um, my biggest weakness is, is sweet. So chocolate, chocolate, and then chocolate are the things mm-hmm. that I want most of the time. So mm-hmm. I I have my own little rules that I use. And I think we can all set up our own little rules. So I know I do not eat sweets before lunch, period. I wouldn't consider it. It's just a rule that I've made for myself. Um, okay. And now, there's always an except to the rule as well. So my exception would be I'm in a foreign country and I'm eating something traditional in that country. That would probably be my only exception. Um, so we can all make up our own rules like that. But really setting up your environment is the best way to deal with that. So I don't have chocolate in my pantry at eye level. I have it in that cabinet above the refrigerator that you need a chair to get to. <laughs> so that has to work at seriously. it. Right. So I don't have it staring me in the face. I have to mm-hmm. consciously make a decision. I want this badly enough that I'm going to get a chair. And I'm only five foot two on tippy toes, <laughs> so I really do need that chair. Uh, uh, but there's um, plenty of Plenty of things you can do. So um, uh-huh. recently my my daughter made cookies, and she put them all in a giant container, like a Rubbermaid container. And then, you know, when she would want a cookie, she would open it up and reach in, and who knows how many she might take for herself. Well, we talked about that, and I said, well, why don't you put them two in a bag and then freeze them so when you want your treat, you just take out one bag. So, it's again, you're not having that internal fight with yourself. Well, mm-hmm. I could have three, or just this one time <laughs> I could have That's more. Right. Just, but you just yeah. make it yeah. the default. You make it easy for yourself. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. So so I think setting up your environment and then having rules. Like another rule for myself is I don't have a slice of pizza till I eat a bowl of salad. If I want a second slice of pizza, I eat a second bowl of salad. And now oh, the, my except, the except for that would be if I'm someplace where I can't possibly get salad, that's just absurd and I'm going to eat my pizza. Um, or it, if I didn't have the salad fixing, I might have a glass of vegetable juice or, or I might have a piece of fruit. So I'm very mm-hmm. reasonable with my rules with always there being an except. But that's just a guideline that works for me. I know if it's pizza night, it's also salad night. Mhm. Mhm. I do that to a to a um a small degree. <laughs> mhm. You know, it's it's funny, I um in an interview with um another nutritionist uh 
she told me that she had a client that actually had a cookie jar that she had purchased with a combination lock on the top. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So you just, if you wanted a cookie out of that cookie jar, you literally had to go through a combination lock to get to it. That's, That's pretty funny. Well, I've known people who actually, I know somebody who actually took masking tape and put it across the um, entranceway into the kitchen. So it wasn't a real door, but a doorway, and put masking tape there at night. So you had to actually go under it to get into the kitchen to get a nighttime snack. (laughs) So people can do crazy things, and that's okay. That's okay. Do oh, crazy sure. things if it works for you, as long as it doesn't make sure. you crazy, because that is not what right. the, these rules should be. They should be things that help you, not things that torment you. Yeah, yeah. And when it when it comes to food in, in the home, I know a lot of people they just don't bring it home. They don't buy it and bring it home. It's not there. Right. When it comes right, to, that works for a lot um, of people. Their weak their weaknesses. Yeah. They're yeah. Able to control their so, weight that way because to have to get in the car and go to the store to get that specific thing. Right. There's a lot of guilt going on. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing, and like another rule that would work for me, is that if I'm going to eat ice cream, I usually will eat an ice cream bar or a cup or something like mm-hmm. that that's pre-portioned. And so if I'm mm-hmm. not having that, then I ask my husband to scoop it for me. So fortunately, <laughs> he's a sport, and he will do that. Uh, but it just makes uh-huh. it easier, uh-huh. and that's what it's about, yeah. trying to make it easy on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, are there any ways to structure your meals um, so that maybe you have more sustained energy, you don't get those lows during the day? Well, I think it's important to, to think of a couple of things. So sometimes people are trying to eat um, to lose weight or they're just trying to eat healthful and they don't have all the information that they need, so they're not eating enough food. So if you're not going to eat enough food for breakfast or lunch, you better believe you're going to be pretty tired in the afternoon. And you're probably Mm going to be very hungry too, which is distracting. But even if you're not terribly hungry, you're probably going to have lower energy. So I always ask people to think about, are they actually eating enough? You know, and these are for people who are, you know, purposely trying to lose weight and they're complaining Uh about low energy. And then the other thing is, is that are you eating a balanced meal? Um, Because sometimes also when people are trying to lose weight, they might be just looking at calories or my diabetic patients, uh, my patients with diabetes might just be looking at carbohydrates or something. We can't, Mm -hmm. we don't have the luxury of looking at just one thing. Um, so maybe they're, you know, keeping their calories down and their carbohydrates down, but they're not eating a balanced meal. So I really want people to think about, you know, three or more food groups at a meal. And we, we, ideally, we would have lean protein and fiber-rich carbohydrates and healthy fats um, at every single meal, a nice ratio of that, a nice combination but I don't want people pulling out their carbohydrate fat books, counting up every little gram or anything like that. So if you just look at your plate and look at your dish, do you have some lean protein on there? Do you mm-hmm. have something that's fiber-rich? Do you have something that's got healthy fats in it? 
then you're probably doing okay, and that's probably going to give you the best uh, nutrient profile, the best energy, and just all around it's it's better for us. I know that um, you talk about how um, the breakfast meal is seems to be the, one of the more difficult ones um, to consume adequate uh, protein. Yeah, it seems to be that way for a lot of people. And um, I think that you have some really good tips about, um, you know, have some yogurt with some fruit or cottage yeah, cheese I, with fruit. So it really helps. This is some relatively new research, but it really helps to spread our protein intake out over the day. So, and you know, a few years ago, several years ago, I didn't worry so much about how much protein my patients were getting because pretty much everybody got ample by the end of the day. But uh-huh. what we're learning now is that the pattern in which we choose it is important. So um, ideally we're getting a good chunk at breakfast, a good chunk at lunch, and a good chunk at dinner. So just as an example, it, it seems that a lot of people would have um, – you know, it's like 10 or 15 grams of protein in breakfast and maybe 15 or so at lunch and then 65 at dinner, you know, some absurd amount at dinner mm-hmm. and, and so much less other times of the day. But now what we know is that it, that, that would be 90 grams. So now we know that if we did 30, 30, and 30 over the day, people have better results with weight management and better results with uh, body composition. So as we age, we lose muscle mass. And Mm -hmm. by doing this, we can help stimulate muscle synthesis so we wouldn't lose muscle mass as quickly or hopefully we're doing some exercise and we wouldn't lose it at all. Um, So I do find that breakfast is the time that people have trouble getting their protein. So I I usually have a list that I share with my patients and my clients. So Greek yogurt tends to be fairly high in protein. And a half a cup or a cup of that, now a full cup, I don't mean the little cups that they, that, you know, that the individual flavors are in, because those are usually Uh six-ounce cups, but a full eight-ounce cup of Greek yogurt has pretty much all the protein you need for that meal. So does a cup of cottage cheese. Um, and there's nothing wrong with having non-traditional breakfast foods. You know, you could have a turkey sandwich, and you don't need to have a huge amount of turkey. It's really just a, a mm-hmm. couple of ounces, mm-hmm. and because there's a little bit of protein in your bread, and you know, if you have a glass of milk, then that's another whole lot of, of protein. So there's lots of ways of doing it, but the point that I want to get across to people is that mm-hmm. these. Um, a lot of our super fast breakfast and traditional breakfast foods are just very high in carbohydrate or fat and very low in protein. So make a conscious effort to put protein into your breakfast. So I do cottage cheese all the time. I'll sometimes, um, you know, my typical is cottage cheese. I'll sometimes do some Greek yogurt. I often do some eggs, but for the most part, cottage cheese is so fast and you can, it's a blank slate. You know, you can mix it with so many things. And yes, so I'll do raisins and I did raisins and muesli this morning, and I think I did peaches yesterday. Peaches are so delicious mm. right now. 
So those are just some ideas. But also, you don't have to have typical, you know, breakfast foods, black beans, um, a wrap with black beans and eggs, like a a Tex-Mex kind of Mm -hmm. wrap would be Mm -hmm. something good, or a smoothie made with milk or soy milk and um, maybe some hemp seeds, something like that. Now, those are really um, very, very good suggestions. I know I tend to get stuck on, oh, having a sandwich at breakfast? No, 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 no. That's for lunch. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, it's not really my first choice either, but I, I will often when I travel, I do peanut butter sandwiches because I can carry that with me. And, yeah, um, no, I mean, I, I, I love those foods. It's just, just that mentally I, I get stuck. Right. On the fact that I should I should have traditional breakfast items versus lunch yeah. items, and I have to catch myself yeah. sometimes. Go, oh no no no, it's okay, I can have that. <laughs> right, it's good to step outside that box, right? Uh huh, uh huh. The habits that we get into, listeners. If you're just joining in, we're we're talking with Jill Weisenberger. She's the author of the book The Overworked Person's Guide to Better Nutrition. In your chapter four where you, you're talking about eating less and how important the, uh, drinking water is. Um, mm-hmm. I so agree with you because as a nutritionist, I'm sure you probably find that more than not, a lot of your clients are dehydrated and they don't even know that they are. Um, people just don't tend to drink enough water. Uh, even getting eight glasses a day seems to be difficult for a lot of people or they just don't like the taste of it. And well, I hear that a lot. Other things. Yeah. Right. I hear that a lot. I don't like the taste of water. So either they don't drink anything at all or they'll drink um, um, a lot of sugary drinks, which is not a very helpful thing at all. So I do think we can save a lot of calories, a lot of added sugars just by drinking water. And um, mm-hmm. so when I hear that, oh, I don't like the taste of water, I try to find out why. Well, sometimes it, they just need a water filter, and that is enough to brighten the flavor um, or take some chlorine taste out or take some um, musty, smoky taste out. But, um, you know, we can do so much with water. One of the items that I'll buy in the grocery store that I like a lot is called True Lemon. So I don't know if you've seen that, but... Um, they have true lemon and lime and orange and grapefruit, and they're sold in little tiny packets that look like maybe the size of a sugar packet, but it doesn't have anything sweet in it. It's just the crystallized lemon juice or the crystallized orange juice or lime or grapefruit. And so it's easy to carry when I travel or in my purse, um, in my gym bag, whatever, And then I can put that in the water, and I have a really nice, crisp glass of water. I find that's really important when I travel because I'm used to the taste Mm -hmm. of my water. But then wherever (laughs) I'm going, that water tastes Mm -hmm. different, and maybe it doesn't taste that good to me. So I carry Mm -hmm. those with me in my purse when when I travel. But, you know, there are fun things you can do with water. Um, now, you don't need a special water pitcher, but I have one that's a water infusion, infusion, oh, excuse me, infusion mm-hmm. pitcher. And, um, you know, and I fill it with various, um, actually mine is like a pitcher that maybe holds like um, a liter of water. Um, oh, okay. They do have portable and, ones now. 
They do. They do. Mine would be one that I might actually serve at a party. Um, okay. Or just keep in my refrigerator for the day um, because it, it holds a lot of water. But I will put my favorite combination, I know this sounds weird, but I promise you it's delicious, is strawberries, <laughs> lime, and rosemary. So that is my all-time favorite water-flavored combination. I just go out to my garden and take some, some rosemary, slice up some strawberries, mm-hmm. slice up some lime, stick it in there. That one takes a few hours before it turns a pretty color and it has a nice, robust flavor. But mm-hmm. there are other ones that don't take much time. Slice up some citrus, put some cucumber and mint. Right. So mm-hmm. the hint for that is um, if you're using fresh herbs, you want to gently crush them in your hand before adding them to uh-huh. the water because that will release their oils and their flavors. Okay. But it's fun, and and it's pretty, mm-hmm. too. It is. I carry mm-hmm. vitamin packets with me. They're powdered um, vitamin packets. And uh-huh. I, I pour those into my water when, I, when, I'm, when I'm out and about or traveling. And I'm uh-huh. getting, you know my vitamin uh, C and B and um, some other minerals at the same time. That's just something that I personally do that works for me and my family. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that sounds similar to just my little packets that I carry when I travel. Mm-hmm. But mine, mm-hmm. don't have, mine don't have vitamins in them. They're just the flavoring. But it's convenient. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. It's similar to that. Oh, of it's course. It's easy to throw into your bag. Of course. Of course. When you talk about personalizing your health plan, um, I know that you have a lot of tips for that as a result of all your um, clients with diabetes management and weight, weight loss. What, what would you like to tell our um, listeners about it? Well, first off, you don't have to take anybody's advice. I think that's one of the most important things because everybody – eats food. So everybody has something to say about nutrition uh-huh. and health. And, you know, some people are so dogmatic about their dietary advice, but we don't have to take other people's advice. And so often taking their advice is not helpful to us anyway. So really think about where you are in your life and what are some changes that you want to make. And then you make the changes that are important to you. And as big or as small as that is, and you make as many or as few as you want, and you make more at the pace that works for you. But I would never advise somebody to just take, um, you know, some diet plan off the Internet and start following that. Um, it might not be compatible with your with your own health, but besides that, it, it's just, you know, if, if I handed you menus and said, eat this, well, chances are my recipes are going to ha- be for foods that you may not like. It may be not your cooking skill level. It may be foods that are too expensive or foods that you don't have access to at your grocery store. So you have to do your own thing, and you have to feel really good about that. That doesn't mean you don't seek advice, but it really is mm-hmm. your own decisions based on your own life. Yeah. What do you what do you say to people that um and I'm sure you've had a lot of clients that are like, I don't have time to exercise and I don't have time to really eat healthy. I'm just too busy. Well that's that, that that's a tough one when you know, people do tell me that they're too busy all the time. 
But, um, you know, I asked them where they can find the time or what they're, what type of time they're willing to make. So really, if somebody is adamant, I don't have time for this, I think what they're telling me is I don't have interest in this. Um, and they're probably not going to seek out my services anyway. But people do get very worried about the amount of time that certain things take. So again, I say let's just pick the simplest thing that you can do. And I want people to work with with where they are today. You know, can I do this with the resources I have today? Not in an ideal world will I be exercising 60 minutes a day every day of the week, but the resources that I have today, what can I, you know, really give? And if that is 10 one-minute walking breaks, then that's 10 more minutes than it would have been otherwise. And that's good enough for right now. Um, you know, if, if that's truly the best that somebody can do, then that mm-hmm. is really good. That's really good. So yeah, you know, I like to work with people individually and, you know, tease out really what are their their concerns because we can usually find mm-hmm. solutions. We can find mm-hmm. solutions to most concerns. Um, that's true. I, I do think it's important for people to realize that it doesn't matter where they are now. They can make a change for the better. It doesn't have to be perfect. So my husband is really um, fond of saying something along the lines, the enemy of, of good is better. So we always mm-hmm. try to make everything better that we mess, a, mess it up or, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just don't do, just don't do it well. So sometimes mm-hmm. good enough is good enough. And, yeah. and that's okay. Let's just be satisfied with that. Yeah, you know, take baby steps. And, um, I mean, I, I've heard that you can literally lose um, 50 pounds a year by just cutting out one item of your diet that was um, for, of high calorie. You know, that's true. That was high I mean, calorie. I've seen it happen. Right. I've that was high calorie. For some uh-huh. mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. consistent. It's to be yes. consistent with that. You yeah. can't do yeah. it every day for a week and then not do it for a week and then do it every day for a week. It's this that's mm-hmm. not the same thing. We really do yeah. have to be consistent. But yeah. you know, the other side of this is that we can't use this as an excuse to not do our best either. So mm-hmm. I say the best you can do today with the resources that you have today really means that. It doesn't mean what's the absolute least you're willing to do, you know. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, my gosh. You know, really, I don't know, sometimes it seems, like I said in the very beginning of the show, um, a very difficult thing to do, you know, changing your diet, changing your mm-hmm. your ways um, I know when I went to a nutritionist, I was told, "Well, just get rid of everything that's white." Oh no! Don't eat it. Yeah, don't eat anything that's white. And so <laughs> I went home and I I looked in my cabinet, you know, and I looked in the refrigerator and I'm like, everything is white. <laughs> well, I I've heard I've ha- I've had people tell me they stopped eating white food. And they gave up really nutritious things like cauliflower and milk. And I had somebody tell me he put soy sauce on his white rice to turn it brown. 
And these were were but these were honest, earnest efforts to follow that rule, don't eat white food. But there are plenty of very, very nutritious white foods. And oh, I know. I don't think you can judge the color of uh, judge the quality of a food by its color. You know, uh-huh. brown is another one. I mean, brown is another uh-huh. one. People think brown is, um, you know, brown fruits and vegetables aren't nutritious, but that's just not true. Mushrooms and jicama um, <clears throat> and others, they're they are very, very mm-hmm. nutritious. Potatoes. With the skins yes. on the brown. <laughs> that's right. And they're loaded with fiber and potassium, and they even have some uh-huh. vitamin C. So, yeah, yeah it's just... <laughs> It's yeah. not a good rule. <laughs> no, it was pretty crazy. It was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, I think I'll just start with one food food item, bread. I'll get rid of bread. You know, um, somebody recently uh, told me a saying, and it was, um, the more bread, the sooner you're dead. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I think, you know, some like, whole grain bread oh. can be pretty darn nutritious, and it's, a good right. vehicle for my peanut butter, and it's a good vehicle for, you know, all the vegetables that I'll put into my sandwich. So I think we have to be realistic about that, too. <laughs> well, I think they were they were referring to white breads, you know, not the whole grain breads. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. I do run across that is some a very little things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I thought you'd like that. <laughs> well, is there um, is there anything else that you'd like to um, impart on our listeners today about um, your book, The Overworked Person's Guide to Better Nutrition? Well, we didn't talk at all about meal planning, and we did mention planning, but we didn't talk about techniques for meal planning. And I think right. that's a big area for people. So the mm-hmm. book does have three tools for meal planning. And um, I'll just tell you the one that I use. I won't go okay. into all three of them, but there are three different tools and for like, different levels of abilities or in, and interest. Now, I use okay. the one that's the most flexible, but I've been doing this for a really long time, so this flexible one works very well for me. I call it the mix and match meal planning tool. And it's just a one-page, and it's divided into four groups, the um, entree group, the non-starchy vegetables, the starches, and then other is the last group. And there are seven lines. So this is what I use for dinner. There are seven lines in each group. And so I think about not exactly what I'm going to eat for dinner as a whole meal or what I'm going to eat on any particular day, but I use it to help me plan my grocery shopping. So I know maybe I'm going to have um, salmon one night, I'm going to have chicken with artichoke hearts another night, and I'm going to have black beans a third night, and so forth. That goes into my entrees. And then I'll put into my non-starchy vegetables, well, we haven't had broccoli or cauliflower or green beans or spinach or kale or whatever. That's what I put there. And for the starches, I do the same kind of thing. So I know that I can make a meal seven nights a week or five nights, however nights I'm going to cook that week, that I don't know exactly what I'm going to cook, but I know I have the components. And that way I can just put it together. I might have my salmon with green beans and brown rice, or I might have my salmon with a baked potato and spinach. But I have those items. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the tool that I use. But there are others 
there are two others in there that are a little more specific and give more guidance for uh-huh. people who need more guidance. Well, that's that's really smart. Very, very smart. It helps instead me a lot. Just going so, into the grocery, really, instead of just going to the grocery store and just grabbing things. You know, well, maybe right. we'll do this. Maybe we'll do that. Right. And then also it helps to be flexible when you're in the grocery store. If you see some special buy on on something, you know, and you're planning to buy spinach, but you see that the kale is especially good, then I would buy that. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So you need to be flexible, but um, it, it's good to have a guide. It is. It really is. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciated sure. all your your wisdom and, um, of course, your book, The Overworked Person's Guide to Better Nutrition. I I really encourage everyone to grab a copy. It's a wonderful guide. You know, keep it with you. And um, when you're you're uh, planning your family's meals or your own meals. Uh, she has some great tips in here, along with what we've learned today. So, well, Jill, thank you Weisenberger, very much. It's been, thank you. It's, uh, my pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Take care of that cold. I will. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right, listeners, that concludes our show for today. Thank you so much for um, tuning in. And um, Jill's book can be purchased off of Amazon. And, um, again, it's Jill Weisenberger. And uh, we've learned a lot about how to um, achieve um, better nutrition in our lives. Her book's also um, published by the American Diabetes Association. So thanks again for tuning in. Bye-bye for now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?